if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Welcome back to Horse Chats, everyone. Today we're going to talk about, there was an article written by Ariane or Adrienne Alford in Eurodressage a little while ago, the pain that lives behind the barn door, okay, to, talking about a tragic death of Teresa Butter in the US. And I thought, who better to talk to about this than Tanya Mitten, who's a mindset coach. Now, Tanya's been on Horse Chats quite a few times before. And we're going to chat to her. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that today's chat has been brought to you by International Horse College. Their vision is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses. And the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. Have a look now at internationalhorsecollege.com. Now, Tanya, are you there? Yes. I'm here, Glenys. Oh, Tanya, who best to talk about this? And, and you know, I don't like to talk about, I don't like to complain. I like to uh -huh. look at solutions, if that makes sense. Okay? So if I've got a problem, I say, but what's the solution? I don't just want to get the negative at all. What's the solution? What can we do here? So hopefully by the end of our conversation today, we've given people some hope you know, into this death, into the problems that, um, you know, the people do. They have depression, they have mental illness. And, you know, it's the wider community as well. But within the horse community, what can we do? So can you briefly tell us about the article that was written? Okay, and also a little bit about the article that yeah. you've written because you're looking at solutions as well, which is great. So if you can briefly talk to us about that and then we'll go on and start to look about some solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, the article came together, I think it was um, December 2019, when Teresa Buta, um tragically took her own life. And it, a lot of questions came up because there was about three deaths altogether in the international um, riders' world from quite well-known and very respected riders who all committed suicide in a very short period of time. I think it was about two or three months. So, you know, that raised a lot of questions. And um, in response, this article was written, which was a very well-written article that really just sort of described and highlighted the difficulties that a lot of riders and especially young riders face when they first enter the industry. So when I say industry, it's really making this step from being a recreational rider, you know, someone who loves horses, who rides for the enjoyment out of, you know, pure love for the horse, who goes through these stages, you know, as we know in Australia, starting off in Pony Club, beginning with the competitions and then gradually sort of developing this, you know, this this desire, this want, this dream of becoming a, a full-time rider, a professional rider and trainer. And 
in this article, it sort of really described kind of just, you know, what a hard slog it is. And a lot of, I think a lot of professional riders can relate to that. But like you said, it is so important that we look at solutions. You know, we all know how hard it can be, how tough it is, how mentally prepared you have to be, not just for working long physical hours, but also having that resilience that comes with a lot of ups and downs, a lot of pressure, um, a lot of stress, a lot of setbacks. But we need to look at answers. Um, we need to, I, in my belief, we need to find a way forward for our next generation of riders who are full of dreams, who love horses, who want to enter into a career that is their passion and to find better ways for the riders themselves, but also for the people in their environment, like coaches, like parents, even like, you know, judges and later on maybe owners. How do we make our sport so that we all benefit and we are just making it a little a little nicer, a better environment, a more supportive environment? As a coach or a coach educator... And I tend to specialise a bit on preparing people for becoming a coach. You know, so I'm talking my riders, not always, but in general, are professionals. You know, they're taking the step into being a professional or they're already professionals. So as a coach, what can we do if we think that there's the possibilities that, that our students are suffering, you know, with depression, mental illness? As a coach, what can we do there? What can we do to recognise or take action as soon as we realise it's a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. Glenis, before that, I want to just go a step maybe further back to say how do we as coaches not just recognise, but how can we support riders even before we start to recognise that they may have um, some struggles that we then want to help because one big thing as a coach, and, and this is a really big one, I think, especially for new coaches. You know, I think we are all kind of conditioned, and I don't mean this in a, as a negative here. I think as coaches, we are all conditioned to look for perfection. So we're looking for that you know, thriving of getting better results. So teaching riders to get their horses going better. So to get horses, you know, more advanced in their training. And ultimately as a, a purpose to get better outcomes, maybe at competitions or just a better outcome in the training as general in the horses. So I want to start from there because I think it's really important for coaches to separate what is their goal when they work with their own horses and what is maybe their student's goal who might come from a completely different angle. And this is where we have to start with conversations, asking questions. 
And a very common question I think that can be so useful for any coach is to ne- instead of to assume that they know what their riders want, is asking that question, what is it that you want to achieve? Because a lot of riders want to get harmony, want to get togetherness with their horse, you know, want to make their horse their best friend, want to maybe understand their horses more. And that can be done not necessarily through a training that goes towards competitions or improvements, but that can be done on a very different way, more through connection. Yeah, I think sometimes we do. We, you know, particularly girls, particularly females, initially are drawn to the sport of riding horses because of the connection that we get. All right. So we don't start off in the very beginning and say, I'm a competitive sports person. It's the connection that then, yeah, yeah. Okay, so asking what it is that you want to achieve, yeah, and recognising that not everyone is headed in the same direction you are, yeah. Yeah, and and this takes the pressure off for a lot of riders and also for coaches because they are then on the same page. You know, I know from myself, look, when I when I started out coaching, I always kind of, I felt this pressure in a way that the the riders that I was teaching, like they had to they had to walk, trot, and canter, and be quite ugh, not exhausted at the end of the lesson. But they had to have the feeling of you know having worked. Yes, and that was kind of the pressure I put on myself to fulfil my own kind of worthiness that I was good enough as a coach that justified being paid. And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of coaches since then, and it seems to be a very common sort of struggle for a lot of coaches that they feel they have to give their riders something that they would expect in order to be good enough to receive payment or receive um, validation for what they've done. And it, it look, it took me a long time to be totally satisfied when the rider that I was teaching did not get out of a walk because we focused on breathing, on relaxation, on connection, on togetherness. And I often found that the rider at the end of that lesson walked away with a massive smile and feeling so much better within themselves because they got what they really wanted. They got a chance to really connect to their horse. So always ask ask the rider, have that conversation. What is it that the rider wants? What is most important for that rider and, you know, really what makes the rider smile, what makes them happy, and then bring that into your lessons. I think that point for me came home one time, and I, I used to teach at a certain pony club, you know, once a week, so I'd go over once a week, and my last lesson was a father and his daughter. Now, the daughter was competing, doing a bit, 
know, she was quite happy to to be and work towards goals as a competitive rider. She wasn't uh, professional. She used to do this, you know, just on the weekend. She was happy to just go out, go around and, um, you know, come back and have a nice run with a horse. But the father was different. And I talked to him and I said, well, what are you doing? Are you working towards competitions or, are you, you know, what's the plan here? Because he didn't start riding until after his daughter did. And he said, no, my goal is to spend some time every week with my daughter because we ride down to the pony club, you know. I watch her have her lesson and I join in with the lesson because that's what we do and then we ride home. He said, my daughter's busy now, she's working, she's got friends and I never have any time with her. So that that was yeah. his goal to yeah. ride. Yep. And that's exactly, you know, if you would have if you wouldn't have asked that question, mm-hmm. it would have been easy for you to assume something totally mm. different. I would have been getting him ready for his first ever competition, but <laughs> As soon as I understood that, I could, you know, he was quite happy to sit back and not get 50, you know, you think teaching two people, you've got to give them 50% of the time, but he was quite happy to step back a little bit and not do as much or, you know, if we started jumping or getting a little bit high, he would just say, oh, no, that'll that'll do me for now. You know, whereas I used to get a little bit worried, but then I just thought, no, that's okay. I'll just focus on the daughter because that's what she wants. And he's happy with that. Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, that is certainly something that, you know, I think we both encourage coaches to do that um, because we've had that experience. And then coming to your original question, you know, what can we do as coaches when we recognize that the riders may be struggling? And with that, again, it's having conversations. You know, don't ever be afraid of asking someone how they're feeling, what they need, what goes on in their life that you can assist them with. And the other important thing is if you're a coach and you you know your rider, you know, you have a relationship with them, you might have, you know, they might come weekly for, you know, quite a long time. If you have a gut feeling, if you have an intuition, which means if you if you sense that there's something going on and, and the other person, the rider is struggling, don't be buffed off if they tell you everything is fine. So as a coach, really trust your own intuition. If someone says, I'm fine, and it just doesn't sound right, it, it just doesn't fit, ask again. You know, and if you, at that moment, if you have to stop the lesson, if you have to get them to come back to a halt and you approach them and you look them in the eye and you ask that question again, please do that. You know, we have to look after not just our riders as coaches, but I think as human beings, it is our duty to look after others. And, you know, so often I think, you know, we're all busy, um, particularly as coaches. You know, a lot, of, a lot of coaches are flat out teaching and they are on a time schedule. And, you know, we, we go through the day, you know, lesson after lesson, The important thing, and this is for the coaches themselves as much as for their riders, be prepared 
to stop, to take a breath, to pause whenever you feel you have to. You know, we have to do that for for our riders where we just stop the lesson, where we look them in the eye and say, are you really okay? Like, talk to me. I can feel something. At that moment, I'm connecting. At that moment, you know, there's we are talking on a different level here. This is not a head conversation anymore. At that moment, we're connecting heart to heart, and that's important. And we have to do that with ourselves as well. You know, if, if you are busy out there as a coach, if you're flat out and if you find that you struggle yourself, stop and pause. I, I cannot emphasize enough how important that stopping, that pausing, and that taking a breath out is. I'm glad you brought that up because it's important that, you know, if we're professionals ourselves, and it's all right to say, well, as a coach, this is what you should do, but as a professional ourselves, what do we need to do? You know, we talk about the long hours, and they are, but the way I look at it is that if you're working as a full-time professional, you've still got to get up early, ride, feed your horse, do whatever you need to your horse, then, you know, have a shower, get ready, drive or or whatever, go to work, work a full day, still come home and then still you're responsible for your horse in the evening. So the long days are going to be long days anyway, whether you're a professional or whether you're working in another professional job and you have your horse for um, the relaxation. But yes, I think as a professional, it can be a bit overwhelming. It can be, and sometimes you think that you're going in a direction, it's not quite like, okay, well, now I'm qualified, I'll go and work somewhere and they can take care of all the finances and everything that goes wrong. You know, it's sort of a higher level. But if you're a freelance coach and you're running your own business and you've got everything you're doing yourself, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. So what do we do if we find that it's overwhelming for us? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is where self-care comes in. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, for your listeners here, like if you are a coach or if you are, you know, in a totally different profession, I think this is, you know, this is so important for everyone. And, and this is going across the board, no matter what you do. Self-care is something that we all know about. You know, it's it's often talked about, but the reality is only a few really practice it. So what does self-care mean? You know, self-care for me means a very strong awareness of how I feel. Now, I briefly sort of touched on before that you know, when we the difference between connecting with someone through our head, basically through the head connections, is when we have normal conversations. Then there's the heart connection. You know, this is for example, like if you stop, if you walk up to someone, if you take a moment to look them in the eye and you repeat a question that is not just made up of words, but that has heart in it that has feeling that has emotion at that moment we are at a different level you know at that moment 
there is energy that is connecting either two people together or, you know, a person with a horse. And in the self-care, this is where we are connecting to ourselves. Now, what I found in my life, and I'm sure a lot of people will be able to identify with that or something similar, is that when I get really busy, when I get overwhelmed, and when I struggle with my, you know, with my problems, when when there's too much happening, I'm very much in this head face world, which means that I feel the stress, I work long hours, I push myself to the hardest, and I am aware that I'm stretching myself on all levels. We call that stress. Now, the opposite of that is when I go into this space where I reconnect to myself, and personally, I do that through meditation. There is a point where when you reconnect with yourself, you feel a lightness, you feel for example, a smile that comes up without any reason, you just, you feel the joy in that particular moment with what you do. Now, my advice for anybody out there is do that on a regular basis as a checkpoint just to make sure that you are still on track with yourself. So what I mean with that is if you have to work really hard, if you know you have times of stress and you're a bit pulled to all sides, that's life. We all have that. Make sure, and this again is pause, stop. If that is having a glass of wine in the evening and you just sit down and you watch the sunrise or you have your cup of tea or your cup of coffee in the morning and you, um, you know, you watch the Sorry, that was the sunrise. I was going to say, you're still drinking when the sun's rising. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the other part of the other time of the day <laughs> when the sun goes down. Um, you know, take that moment, take a few breaths out and just stop. Check in with yourself. If you still have a smile on your face, you know that you are okay. You know that whatever you do, no matter how hard you work, that you are, you are still on track. You are still okay. You are still doing what you love doing. And then hard work doesn't kill anybody. But if you find you can't do that, if you are so stretched that when you stop, when you take a breath out, your heartbeat is still up higher. You can't sit still. You can't shut down your head. You're still going through the problems. You feel anxiety. That is a sure sign that you've, you've come off track. This is where you have to go out and ask for help. Start to talk. Start to talk to a good friend. Pick up the phone and ring someone. Talk to parents, talk to loved ones, talk to friends and just get an external view. 
You know, I'm, I'm very blessed that I have a handful of very good friends that I often pick up the phone and say, I need help. I need a different perspective because I'm in my head and I can't get out. And I talk to them and I tell them my problems and they just give me a different viewpoint. And often that's all we need is someone else to go, hey, have you thought of this? Or, you know, actually you are doing well. It's not as bad as you think it is. But we have to reach out because when you're in your head and you can't get to that point of quiet, you can't find your own smile, your head will not find the solution. It's like you can't see the forest for the trees. This is where we have to step out. Be there as the coach for your riders to give them that extra perspective if they come to you and they ask for your help. And have a handful of people that you trust, that you rely on, that you can step out and ask for someone else's help. You know, these are things I cannot stress enough how important it is. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Yeah, you know, just going back, like talking, changing perspective a little bit, and I want to go back to the question you ask your riders, what is it that you want to achieve? Um, I know that myself as a coach and as a competition coach, everyone wants to win gold at the Olympics. You know, everyone's saying, oh, I just want to win this and then this and then this, and their their long-term career is to win gold at the Olympics. And I think you've just got to look at the maths of it and say, well, how many people, the Olympics only comes around every four years, how many people can actually win gold at the Olympics? And, you know, what is it that you really want? Because people who win gold at the Olympics can then go on and become very depressed because their whole life has been working towards winning gold at the Olympics. But if you've got a goal such as I want to work with horses and I want to help people, you know, recognise that they, you know, how horses can help them, help people communicate better with horses, help kids go out and enjoy their competition, sure, but ultimately I just want to have a horse business where I can, you know, save up, buy my own property and run my business from the property so I can sort of, you know, wake up every morning and then go out and ride my horse and have time to ride my horse and then, you know, teach a few lessons during the day. I think having the perspective of this is the type of life that I would like to have is very important. It's not all about, I mean, I I understand in the early part it is going to be some long hours for not much pay, 
but um, it doesn't have to always be like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one question that every coach should ask every rider who tell, who shares their goal with them, and, and you said it just before, is that question, why? Why do you want that goal? And, you know, I'm always surprised how many riders, when I ask that question, they come back with an answer like, oh, because then I'm a really good rider. Or, you know, then I can, you know, I'm, I'm respected by others. And my answer to that is always, no, you won't be. Because we all know that the more you improve, the less you acknowledge your improvement and the more you look ahead to where you think you need to go. You know, it is this constant thrive of perfection that doesn't exist. So if someone wants to achieve a certain goal because then they feel they are good enough, they have to see themselves as good enough first before they can go on that journey. Because, you know, I've spoken to a lot of riders who went to the Olympics, who went to major championships, who have won medals, who've won gold medals, and no one's life has changed miraculous because of a gold medal. There is a celebration time, absolutely, but then life is the same as before that gold medal. And if anything, the pressure increases because now the standard has been raised. When someone has the illusion that they will be happy, that they will think more of themselves, that they will feel more confident as a result of a competition outcome or a gold medal or a a competition level that they are competing, that will not happen. So as coaches, please get your riders to understand that. And this is really where we do the off-horse mindset training. Um, and I'm not the only one doing it. There's, there's others out there doing it. Where we are really working on riders developing that, that belief in themselves where we get riders to acknowledge their own self-worth before competition outcomes. Because then the comp- you know, the goal to work towards competition, then it becomes sustainable because if they have a setback, they're not falling in a hole. So where do you think we should go from here, Tanya? We sort of talked about a little bit about what we can do to assist, but on a, on a, this is a big problem. It's not something that's just that one student that we're talking about. It's, it's not just a national problem. This is an international problem. This is a huge problem. What can we do as one person, right? You know, just think everyone's an individual. What can we do to take this forward? I mean, if we've got the influence over, I suppose even like, you know, I'm sort of thinking national sporting bodies and and national teams and state teams and everything, but even just at a club level to have a mindset coach Mm. coming in and, um, you know, teaching and doing workshops just to help the riders. 
Is that something that's possible that is going to help the industry? Look, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's probably two parts there that I would say um, we can begin. Mm-hmm. The first step is always with the work that we do on ourselves. Look after yourself, you know, for all of your listeners. I think, you know, if you've been listening to to our conversation here, I'm sure that you've all had little moments where, you know, you put up your hand and went like, yeah, I recognize that. I've been there. I know what that feels like. So the first step has to be that we look after ourselves. And this is where this self-care comes in. You know, otherwise we just become preachers. You know, we preach something to other people that we are not prepared to do ourselves. Be there for yourself. Look after your own emotional well-being and make sure that you are okay. That is the first step. Then from there, I think we can all take that step to look after others. And it depends on, you know, what role and what environment you are in. Now, you can start to um, work with your students as a coach. Like we said before, that you ask the question, are you okay? Are you really okay? You can organize a off-the-horse day or an off-the-horse session for all your riders where you share your own experiences maybe, you know, where it's a theory day, it's a non-riding day or a non-riding session where you get your students together and you, you start talking about these topics. You give them some of your story, make it real, especially if you're working with younger riders. You know, they probably idolize you and think that you don't have the problems that they have. By being honest and open, we can break down these walls and let other people see that we struggle with exactly the same thing. Share the strategies that you have used that have helped you with others. If some of your listeners are are part of a club or part of a squad, bringing in mindset coaches for seminars, for workshops. You know, now we've got a fantastic um, Zoom network. Um, You know, COVID was there for for a couple of good reasons. We can all connect on a digital level a lot more easily now. So if you don't have a mindset coach in your area, reach out to someone from further away. Have a club day or have a a session during a day of your local riding club rally or master. You can bring someone in on Zoom. You can even, like I've done Zoom meetings in WA with um, various squad riders. And they were all sitting at home and we just connected all through um, through Zoom meeting. So anything is possible. I think the more we can connect and have that support for our riders, not just 
the young riders and the competition riders. Like I also, I'm also talking about like adult riding clubs, recreational riders who don't ever want to become a professional, but they might come into the sport with, you know, their own personal problems. You know, we see a lot of adult riders coming into the sport at a later day. And to them, riding is their time to do finally something for themselves. So that is therapy in itself. And if we combine that with good advice, with mindset coaching, teaching strategies on how to relax, how to become centered, how to deal with problems and how to find solutions, you know, that's a bonus. So there's a lot we can do. Yeah, I, I think so, Tanya. I think the first thing to do is if you're at this stage, you know, you finish off the chat and then go back and listen again and um, take some notes and, and start to ask yourself a few questions. You know, if you are a coach, ask your students what is it that you want to achieve, but then why do you want to achieve that goal and just see what sort of answers they give and, uh, you know, thinking about the self-care before you start looking after others. But, you know, sessions at Pioneer Club, coaches for seminars, workshops, you know, squad meetings, training. I think there's lots of ideas there where we can, um, you know, certainly stop the tragic story behind the pain that lives behind the barn door. I think, um, you know, I think you're really going forward there. Tanya, if people would like to get in touch with you, you know, particularly people who are outside your area, of um, Sunshine Coast. Actually, I, I just read something that Sunshine Coast is one of the most livable places in the world at the moment. So, you know, it's pretty much top of the list in Queensland. So I can certainly, you know, just, just a little bit south of there, I can certainly um, certainly agree it's a lovely spot. But if people are away from Sunshine Coast in Western Australia or overseas or wherever, what's the best way to contact you? They can go to horsechats.com and have a look at the bottom of all your chats. You know, we've got your phone number, email, website and Facebook page there. But if, if they're going to contact you direct, what's the best way? Um, look, the best way is to either send me an email, um, very simple, tanya at tanyamitten.com. And if, if they are on Facebook, sending me a message through Facebook, um, is a good way to contact me and otherwise on the phone. Um, I'm happy to give out my, my phone number. I don't know if you've got that already, if you've got that on your side. We do, we do. It's um, the 0419-891-319 or if you're calling from overseas, you do the 61 uh, for Australia and then 419-891-319. So both of those yeah. phone numbers are on um, on Tanya's pages on Horse Chats as well. Yeah. yeah. And look, I would encourage anyone um, who wants to know a little bit more about the mindset coaching, um, jump on my website, tanyamitten.com. There are a lot of blogs that are all around this sort of topic, you know, yep. breathing, relaxation, reconnecting with horses. Yeah, there's a lot of information there. So go for a browse, have yep. a look in, as I said, Feel free to contact me anytime if you've got any questions or if you if you need some help, if you need some support. Perfect. All right, Tanya, great to talk to you and um, hopefully we'll catch up with you again very soon. 
Yes, thank you for having me again, Glennis. I really enjoyed that. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 